Today's Hail to the District podcast is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, and that's InTheGymRange.com. I'm Rob Giannotti over there. He's a great friend of Hail to the District, and his site has awesome basketball coverage from the high school level all the way up through the NBA. There's a lot of great stuff over there, so make sure you go check it out. It's www.InTheGymRange.com. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Wildberries Bakery and Cafe, located in beautiful Frederick, Maryland, just a short drive up from our nation's capital. Now, guys, If you happen to be one of those poor souls who's in the middle of wedding planning, and if you are, my sincerest condolences go out to you, then let's just be real a moment. You know you're just going to end up serving your guests either the dry chicken or the dry fish. Or if you happen to be Indian like me, then you're going to end up serving them chicken tikka masala, but that's neither here nor there. The point is, don't serve your guests shitty cake that you ended up paying an arm and a leg and maybe like had to mortgage one of your kidneys for. Wildberries Bakery has a incredible selection of handcrafted cakes that you'll only see in some of the top bakeries in the country with a palette of flavors you won't find anywhere else at prices that are right in line frankly if not better than the competition and if you order a cake from there and mention the hail to the district podcast you're going to get 10 percent off your purchase in other words you can keep that arm and leg and kidney and that liver that you're going to need to metabolize all the booze you're drinking at your wedding you can just visit www.wildberriesbakery.com and you can find a link in our friends and sponsors section for more information. And now, on to the podcast. Welcome to the Hail to the District podcast with your host, Rajan Nanavati. Welcome to the Hail to the District podcast. I'm Rajan and I'm once again joined by my friends Neil and John. This time to talk about the crazy-ass NBA offseason that we're currently right in the middle of. And I was actually commenting today, in fact, that the NFL is always going to be my number one love. Like, that's just how it is. That's how it's always going to always will be. But with training camp starting up, like, less than three weeks from now, and between the relatively, or not even relatively, anticlimactic NFL offseason and this crazy-ass NBA offseason that we've had so far, like, basketball has completely been on my attention. It's been hard to get off that. Um, there's so much we could really be discussing in terms of this offseason. Like, we could make this podcast five hours long if we wanted to. But given that it's a DC podcast, we'll start right here in the nation's capital. And for better or for worse, we'll talk about the moves that the Wizards made. And that's got to start, obviously, with the fact that Otto Porter is now the second highest paid athlete of any DC pro sports team, only behind Max Scherzer's crazy ass contract. And guys, especially for John and I, being the Wizards fan, we knew this is going to happen. But I'll stop talking now and open up the floor for your meh thoughts. Yeah, I mean you're gonna bring out the same team as next year or as last year, right? I don't. It basically, it basically, it, it doesn't seem like any major improvement has been made. You had to, right? I mean, you were unfortunately you just had to to sign him, but uh, yeah, we only had to for because the only reason we had to could easily be explained in two words: Jan Mahinmi. Yep. Ah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. like, real GMs actually realized last summer that, you know, this, this cap inflation was short-lived and that cap space would become valuable again, except for, you know, Ernie Grunfeld, who decided to blow his wad on role players that he then has to tra- trade away first-round picks just to get rid- get off their terrible contracts. And he's going to have to do the same thing with Mahimi at some point. And so because of that, we have we they were forced to re-sign Otto. And... The, the question is, is like, what kind of leap can Otto make? Because he's still, you know, still relatively young. He's very efficient scorer. He doesn't make mistakes. But he doesn't freeze in place much, when he's on defense anymore. 
No, no, he doesn't. He plays good <laughs> team defense. So, I mean, he's overall, he's, he's a really good player. He just, how much better can he really get? So what are his weaknesses? Like, so you guys know him way better than I do. What do you find, like, what are his biggest flaws? Not a, I, not a reliable shooter. He's not a reliable, like, he's not a, he's not a gifted he, scorer. He's not a playmaker. He's a good shooter, you know, so he's one of the better three-point shooters in the league. He's, he's a, he's a good slasher, but he's not a creator and he's not a distributor. So he ha- he's dependent on Wall and Beal opening things up for him. He's not going to open things up for anybody else. And then on the defensive side, he's just, he's pretty good. He's above average defender. So his weakness, I think, is his athleticism isn't, you know, off the He's charts. not an elite athlete, athlete, absolutely. No, and his playmaking skills are are minimal. Too, th- too skinny, so you can't necessarily exploit his size. Like, he can't – if he's a stretch four, he's going to get dominated by bigger fours. Like, if he had to, like, guard – I'm just throwing out an example, but, like, Paul Millsap in the Atlanta series. Like, he can't do it. Like, he's just – he's wired too thin, and he's not necessarily quite – he's long and he's gangly, and he's very good at getting into passing lanes, but he's not quite foot – fast enough to be like a, a lockdown defender on the wing to like cover other small forwards or shooting guards. Um, streaky shooter, good shooter. Like he was red hot from three, obviously from like the first, you know, 60% of the season or what have you. Up, up until the all-star break. Up until the all-star break. And then it fell off a cliff. Um, he's he, to, to use a, an overused cliche or so, or um, whatever it's called. Like he's kind of a master of all or jack of all trades and master of none. Correct. And yeah, that's not a terrible thing to have if he's like reasonably good at those things, right? It is at right. twenty three. What's well, better a year. than like being a Monte Ellis who just does one thing well and that's it? You know, you'd rather they were just well rounded, but right, he shouldn't be the highest paid player no. on the team. No, that you're always gonna find that though in like any, you know, any any time you have a free agent who is somewhat coveted, they will end up being the max, you know, ma- highest paid player on the team, uh, except for Kevin Durant. So but- to that. To that coveted point, was Otto Porter coveted or were the Nets just fucking with us? I think he was coveted. So the the Kings really were interested and still until they like kind of blew their wad on just, you know, old vets. (laughs) And then the Jazz, when they lost out on Hayward, they were they were thinking, well, maybe we could do a sign in trade. But before that even took took flight, the Nets had already offered him now the the thing was with the nets was they they have ample cap room so they could throw the poison pills in to really screw over the wizards so this it kind of was an fu move by them if we have time i want to get to in a second but i on the down low kind of like what they're doing in brooklyn like now that they have a competent person in mind i'm like oh he gets it like now he's like he's thinking two steps in advance versus ernie grunfeld who's like you know king kong bundy who's just like eating the turnbuckle in the corner as usual. Yeah. No, they're like, oh yeah, Damari Carroll's kind of, you know, kind of washed up and over, but do you want to give me a first round pick to take yeah. his bum contract and I need to hit the f- cap floor anyway? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Give me some draft picks and I'll take your, your shit. I'll take any garbage. <laughs> you need me to take, uh, what, Mozgov? Eh, why not? 
Bill Simmons was crushing the uh, the Damari Carroll trade, and I'm like, when I saw it, I'm like, that's not bad. And I mean, I get the fact that like a pick in the 22, 23 range is not going to hit. Like he was making a point, like it was like a one out of 80 chance it's going to turn out to be like a All Star, All NBA Better player or something zero. like that. But that's exactly my point. They're so hamstrung right now because of Prokhorov's stupid ass Pierce and Garnett deal, which I'll not to toot my own horn. I didn't like it from the very moment it happened. Thought it was a bad idea. No, it didn't make sense because they were both old as hell. Exactly. Didn't like it from day one. That notwithstanding. You still weren't beating the heat. Um, you got to start somewhere. Like, you know you're not going to be good. And it's like, oh, well, they didn't get a ton of assets. You know what? They got an asset. They got something. That's one more asset than the Wizards have. And so, anyway, back on the Wizards point. The definition or the classical definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. We're rolling out the same five again. I think there's a legitimate question that did this starting five peak last season? Like, is this starting five legitimately going to be a 50-win team? We were at 49 last year. Uh, possibly. I, the starting five was never the problem. The starting five is all, has consistently been a top lineup in the NBA. The problem has been the bench. And what they haven't really done and what they don't have the flexibility to do is address the bench. So, I mean, they trade a, a second-round pick for a back, another backup point guard, Tim Frazier, who we hope is better than Brandon Jennings' Trey Burke disaster. And then they sign Jody Meeks, who's a, a high-reward, high kind of low-risk signing because his contract's cheap. And if he actually you know is healthy, he, he should be pretty good. And then they get uh, – oh, why am I blanking? Mike Scott. Mike Scott. Another guy who was an injury, who had a down year, but is somebody that could help them off the bench. I'm sorry. No jangles. Listen, so let's go there, right? So 49-win team last year. Obviously, they made some deadline moves. That's all well and good. But this team lost in seven games to the Boston Celtics. And I know you have to be realistic. This team is not going to go to the Eastern Conference Finals as long as Boston did what they did, which we'll talk about probably. And Cleveland still being there as long as LeBron is in the East for you know this one last year. Um, but if you really look at it, we swapped at the end of the season, Brandon Jennings, Bojangles, and whatever carcass of Trey Burke. I'm just using it as a three-for-three three example. So you traded Jennings, Bojangles, and Trey Burke for Tim Frazier, Jody Meeks, and Mike Scott. Yeah, Not, not, uh, not an upgrade. And you're it? trying to tell me you got better. I think you, you, you got better because a lot of the other teams in the East got worse. So, yeah, but the three teams ahead of them didn't. Yeah, the like teams ahead of them didn't, but if you want to know if you're going to get a better regular season record, chances are you will. Possibly. I mean, Milwaukee's going to be better, but yeah, the Hawks are going to fall off a cliff. The Bulls are done. The, the Pacers Bulls are, are cooked. Yeah. Yep. So that's three playoff teams that are just right out, out, of, out of any type of contention. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's... Yeah, the, yeah, but playoffs are you know you'll just be you'll you'll once again get into the playoffs you'll get into the second round and you know you'll probably lose there. It just keeps coming back. We, to we either lose to Cleveland or lose to uh, Boston. 
Leon's is just sitting back and counting the fact that he's getting four extra playoff games, and that's all that man gives a damn about. I don't care what he's going to come out in his positive pixels and all that crap he's going to say and try to spin the fact that Jody Meeks and Mike Scott are going to provide whatever horse shit that he's going to spin. This is just, he's just laughing all the way to the bank with his four extra playoff wins, and we're, you know, I know a lot of people would kill for the idea of getting to the second round of the playoffs for, you know, three times out of four years, but, you know... I mean, we'll go ahead and address the elephant in the room, which Bill Simmons is bang, banging the drum on for the last, you know, two weeks. John Wall is a free agent in two off seasons. I mean, two years from now. And yep, 2019. As of right now, whether you, whether or not it really is a story, I think it's kind of overblown. I think he'll be he's going to end up so. signing at the end of the day. He's not signing a supermax. We all spent all of last season saying like, oh, he's so bitter about Bradley Beal getting the money, and you know, he's not. He wants money. He's only motivated by money. He was pissed off about Brand. Um, Who's the asshole in Detroit that he saw the contract and he's always bitter? Oh, about Reggie, it. Reggie, Reggie, Reggie Jackson. Jackson. Right? Jackson yeah. He's salty about Reggie Jackson's contract. He's salty about Bradley Beal's contract. He's got a super max on the table and he's like, no, I'm not going to sign it right away. I'm not going to commit to the fact but, that I'm, and I'm staying here for the next X amount of years, and you know, given the fact that we're probably not going to advance anywhere. I mean, he came out. Right I think he's it. running all the numbers because he has till mid October, till right before the season starts to sign it. But yeah, it is kind of scary because it's like if he becomes a free agent, the biggest offer that he can get is twenty five million or twenty five percent of the salary cap. And this is this contract's for thirty five percent right now on right. the table. You get four more years on your contract at thirty five percent of the cap. That is huge. If we really said it was all about the money, no, it's not, right? And this is still I mean, there's eh, a, let's let's wait until October. No, you I, know, think, let, I think I think wait. in October right. he signs I, it. I'm <laughs> I'm gonna go on the record and say when the NBA season tips off, he signs the supermax will be signed. Yeah, I I I agree. I think so. It's just too, it's just too much damn money. Exactly, it's just too much money to pass up. It's, right, it's a minimum of ten million a year. He would be losing out by going to another team, and he could get it guaranteed today. Today, not have to wait two years, not have to risk injuries over the next two years. He could get it today, locked up. Right. That's 17% of a billion dollars. I mean, let's just put it that yeah. way. And guaranteed. There's no way he's passing that up. I mean, I get it. I get I love – I've been sitting back and laughing because, you know, last year at the beginning of the season when things were a little rough, Bill Simmons was, you know, putting John Wall in Boston because that's what he does. And now he's putting Bill – he's putting John Wall in L.A. with Boogie and whatever else, like whatever ridiculous – Paul uh, George and LeBron. Paul George yeah. and LeBron. I thought he also had him going to Atlanta with Cousins because – Yeah, and then there was the Atlanta thing. Like, nobody wants to go to Atlanta. Nobody wants to go to Atlanta. Like – like players like going to Atlanta, yeah, to party, not to play for their basketball I was say, team. Atlanta might be one of the most moribund franchises, even more than DC. Like yeah. no one gives a shit about the Hawks in Atlanta. As I've always said, I went. I was. They've uh, been good. Right, they've relatively good. Like when uh, I was in Atlanta right before the Wizards Hawks series started, and like I was kind of poking fun at some of my wife's cousins over there who are Hawks fans, and I was like. I was like, listen, man, you guys really suck. And like, instead of getting any trash talk back, they're like, they're like, no, no, we know we suck. We know this franchise sucks. This organization sucks. And I'm like, it's not even fun to talk trash with you guys. Like, <laughs> like you guys know that your organization is awful. Like, this is not even fun. Like, and you want to go play there with Boogie? Like, no, that's not gonna happen. Get the fuck out of here. No, but the the so the thing the really bad part about the auto deal is it 
comp- it means they cannot sign Cousins well, as a free agent that summer. What would you have done if you didn't sign Otto this year? It's not the oh, they fact would suck. you have to sign Otto. See, at the end of the day, you have to understand from this franchise, the only thing they care about is money. So money is going to come to them by twofold, by winning and getting into the playoffs because the playoffs produces the extra TV money and the extra revenue. So Otto coming back was a foregone conclusion because they had to re-sign him because they had to bring back a playoff team. Like putting Kelly Oubre as a full-time starter, that's a dangerous proposition right now. He's not ready yet. Well, I think what they could have done was they could have brought back Bojangles on a two-year deal, something similar to what the Pacers gave them. We saw, and, and we they saw would roll with that, on. but I, I don't think... Well, so you know that if you're not off. signing, you know you're, if you're not signing Otto, that you're not really going to do anything and you're playing for the next, the year after next, right? You're, you're just biding your time for another key free agent like Boogie, right? But you're not because you don't have that flexibility. This keeps coming back to last summer, not this summer. You were boxed into auto right now because of what you did last summer. Yeah, because you gave a, a career backup center who had one good season a $16 million contract. Jeez. And then you gave Jason <laughs> Smith and Andrew Nicholson um, well above mid-level exception contracts when they've never shown that they were above average players. Jan Mahinmi, Jason Smith, Andrew Nicholson, and Trey Burke is an epic catastrophe. Like, that's, that's some Olympic-level catastrophe. Like, Jason Smith wasn't that bad, but, but he was bad. But when you put it in that class, like, when Jason Smith was the best of the group of guys you signed... Yeah, that's, that is sad. <laughs> that is sad. Andrew Nicholson, I don't even... Does he even play for the Nets? Andrew Nicholson should probably just join the, the carnival or the circus or something, because that as, like, some tall, you know, guy, because that's all he's got left. Or maybe he should, like, take up roofing or, like, cleaning gutters. <laughs> Because he's certainly not good at basketball. Apparently, he's like fairly intelligent, so I'm sure he can just figure something else out to do. So then maybe he'll be successful at cleaning gutters. Hopefully, he saved his millions of dollars, so I don't think he needs to do jack shit, but. And then my favorite part of all of this is like, okay, fine, you got, you know, Frazier, Meeks, and Scott, and whoever else. By the way, his name is Michael Scott for. Any, friend, any fans of The Office, his name is Michael Scott. Let's just put it out there for a second. I'm just going to look at him and see. I'm going to see Steve Carell. Um, there was somebody who tweeted out, I can't remember who it was, that uh, when Jamal Crawford was a free agent and uh, Wall was you know, recruiting him like he was with Paul George to come here, and I think the difference was like a few hundred thousand dollars for the season, and somebody made a comment, they're like, you know, that's because you overpaid Jody Meeks. If you didn't do that, you might have had the money to go get Jamal Crawford. Now, I know Jamal Crawford isn't what he was probably two or three years ago, but you know what? I'm going to roll the dice. Seven. I'm going to roll the dice on him versus Jody Meeks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's a no-brainer. Yeah. Jody Meeks, is, he's, he's a risk. He's a big risk. He hasn't played more than – I think he's played like something like 60 games over the past two years. Something like that. It's, it's, it's not good. You know, Derrick Rose is still available. Yeah. Does he play again, ever? I'm sure he plays, like, somewhere. Is he just going to China? I was going to say, a lot of money in Shanghai. Um, real quick, though, with the Cousins thing, the only way that they get Cousins is if they trade for him. So if, like, things just completely wash out here yeah, in, in New Orleans, which I envision it will, um, like, you've seen the, the pennies on the dollars that have been traded for stars lately so paul george 
got traded for Pooh. Uh, Jimmy Butler got traded for less than Pooh. Really? And even really Cousins himself got you. traded for, for you know, Buddy Heald and some spare parts and some draft pick swap. I mean, or no, a first. They did get their first out of it. So I think, I think when the, Carmel, the when price you, is not very high. Yeah, Carmella will get traded for uh, duty. I was going to say, he's going to get traded for right. nothing. That's going to be right. a funny trade when it happens. So, but it's going to require like, Wizards, like super disgruntled, like superstar or incompetent management, right? That those are right, the but, key factors well, there. Uh, uh, New Orleans has incompetent management, so couldn't we say, hey, we'll give you Gortat, we'll give you Ubre, and you want this year's first, next year's first? I don't give a crap. Two first, whatever. Doesn't that isn't that enough? Gortat, so, Ubre, and one or two first round draft picks in comparison to the rest of these trades? If this team is on a 43-win pace, let's say 43-44 win pace right around February 8th because they just changed the trade deadline today to right before the All-Star game. So they're on a 40, you know, they've won, I know it's not bisected in half exactly, but let's just say they've won 21 games by the All-Star break, right? They're 21 and 21, just making this up, or 21 and 20. Um, And... There are, you know, Ernie Grunfeld goes to McDonald's because that's where he, the type of place where he would go dine, and he runs into whoever the New Orleans GM is over there, and they have a conversation over a fifty-nine cent hamburger where they say, um, "McChickens, man, McChickens." No, I don't. I'm not even associated the McChicken. I kind of the McChicken isn't bad. Ernie Grunfeld, like that's too high class for him. He's going with the shitty ass burger. Um, but actually, you know what he's going to do? He's going to overpay for that new McDonald's artisan burger because he's gonna be like, oh, this is really good quality. And like, he can't resist overpaying for something that's of inferior quality. So he overpays for their new artisan burgers. And the guy, whoever's new one's GM, is going to say... Del Demps. Del Demps, thank you. Um, Gortat, Porter, because Porter should be eligible to be traded by then, if I'm not mistaken. He um, will be eligible to but he has a 15% trade kicker oh, that Washington right. has to pay. Oh, fuck but it counts me. against the other team's trade. He, so Washington has to pay the 15 Well, it's 15% up to whatever the 25% max salary is. So it really will never hit the 15%. But the Wizards have to pay it, but it counts against the other team's, team's cap. <laughs> so it, it complicates totally- any... And that's totally yeah, they they, they gave it to him, and and they gave him a, the fourth year as an option player. God, option. they bent him over and took him to the fifty states. Like it was just what a fucking deal. All the all the wizards had to do was say, "Here's your five year max contract. Sign it, please." Okay, so let's say. But anyways, Dell Dempson and Grunfeld are at McDonald's, McDonald's. I was sharing French fries and milkshake and wanking at each other. A partially gelatinated beverage, I believe, is the proper term for it. Um, and they say, all right, let's go Port, let's say Ubre, because I don't think they're going to trade Porter. So let's say Ubre, Gortat, and two ones. I don't even think New Orleans takes that. New Orleans is not going to save for Boogie. Unless, like, I, I, I'm in complete agreement with you, John. I think the Boogie and Anthony Davis thing is going to be a catastrophe this year. Like, a certified catastrophe. going to be a catastrophe. He's going to be gone. And I think they're going to want to get something. If you're it's the just Wizards, who else? And is going to want up. Mid French fry says, "Ubre Gortat and two ones." We know, we know. Ernie doesn't give two shits about, about ones. Right, it's done. Yeah, you have to take that. That trade's made. That is made. So now your starting five is Wall, Beal, Porter, Markeith Morris, and 
DeMarcus Cousins. That's, that's the best. Start, that's the best starting five in the East once LeBron's gone. Now that is some serious death row DC right there. With you swap De- out Gortat for Cousins. Cousins oh yeah, he'd be shug. Yeah, he'd beat the shit out of someone for parking in his parking spot. That would be no joke. <laughs> I just I can only imagine the debauchery that the Wall Cousins and Morris would get into. Ah, oh, it'd be phenomenal. Yeah, John Wall would lose his like warm and cuddly, nice guy image. He'd just yep. start. He'd be, be straight up. It would be just straight up hood rat. It would be amazing. Yeah, but I'm fine with it. By the yeah, way, can, they... can I say one of the worst things that I happened of this entire off season was the other Morris twin going to Boston? Yeah, oh, they have to play each other hurt. now. Yeah, that one really hurt. I wanted I Wizards like... and Celtics to genuinely hate each other. Like, I'm going to Boston on Saturday, and I want to pee on their stadium so bad. So bad. Like, I'll do it in public. Fuck it. I'll, put, I'll, I'll take the legal ramifications for it. Like, I, I want to hate Boston. I want those teams to, be, to hate each other. And how is he going to hate his twin brother? We know he loves his brother. Yeah, but don't you know, don't you think Marcus was really salty when that deal went down? He's like, no, not these assholes. Because you know he hated them just as much as, as Markeith. Depends on who you ask. He might have actually played in that series when Markeith went down. That's right. That's what I'm saying. So he's he's got that. Oh, so that yeah, that really does take a, a little bit of sting out of out of the the rivalry. Yeah, I'm sure they'll find a way to still hate each other. Don't worry. I don't know, man. Like, the teams will still hate each other, but Keith is the enforcer, and like you can't have yeah. your enforcer going soft on the, your arch rival. And like you know. Morse is under contract for this year next. It's a great contract. And we don't have too. that threat of, of Marcus filling in. Right, exactly. So if Marcus pulls <laughs> an ankle, it's not like we could swap in somebody else. <sighs> but I, it also, minus losing Avery Bradley, you know, Avery Bradley's a really good player, but this does give them some, a, a nice depth for a cheap ass contract. Avery Bradley gave Wall problems in the, that series. Yeah, like, who I, is going to defend on Boston now? Like, who is going to hide the, the crappiness of Isaiah Thomas and Gordon Hayward's inability to stand in front of a chair? Like, who is going to defend now? Nobody. There, it's just going to be an awful. Marcus awful. Smart is going to have to step the hell up. Al and, Horford's uh, still a bitch. Al Horford He's and Jay bait. Crowder. Yeah, you have to rely on Marcus Smart and Jay Crowder, and that's that's. You're right. gonna, they're gonna miss Avery Bradley so much. It's That's not- why the the Hayward signings kind of. How much better are they gonna be? Because they're still just gonna have to. They were already a really efficient offense. I mean, how many more baskets can you score? So I mean, they're just gonna have to boat race everybody. Like they didn't lose to Cleveland because of their inability to score. Well, I mean, they certainly lost because they couldn't score, but they they still couldn't defend. They weren't able to defend right. anything. But Gordon like, Hayward is not. Allen Iverson, like Gordon Hayward, is a nice scorer, but he's not gonna—he's not an equalizer. He's a nice player. He's a, in all reality, should be the third best guy on a championship team type of player. It's got to be a second best guy, actually. But they still don't have a true number one because Isaiah is not a number one. Hayward is not a number one, and Al Horford is not a number one. You yeah, Horford is definitely not. You can't convince me otherwise. Isaiah Thomas peaked last season. Like to consider, keep saying like, "Oh, we've got Isaiah Thomas." Isaiah Thomas can't get better than what he was last season. Like it's just did, not possible. No, I, did you I'm hear still him say that they just he, didn't take Fultz and trade Isaiah? 
did did you hear him say that they, he wants every uh, the team to bring in the Brinks truck? Oh yeah, he wants yeah. that money. Oh, he <laughs> wants that money. Yeah, because he's been drastically underpaid his whole career. Yeah, because he was an last pick in the draft. Oh yeah, his last pick. My fault. That's right. Very last pick. He was sixtieth pick in the he draft. Was Mr. You know, he's yep. and and when he was a free agent, and the Sun signed him, they got him dirt cheap because the Kings were stupid to let him get away. Then he, he ends up in Boston. So yeah, he's going to want to get paid, and that's why they should have. They should have. Uh, they should have traded him when value was high, and yeah. they should and they should have dealt him this summer. I just. I completely failed to understand, and I didn't watch the Celtics for a majority of the season, but I watched every single minute or nearly every single minute of the playoff, the Wizards and Celtics series. What the fuck do people see in Jay Crowder? Because I, I don't. I, I just don't see it. Cheap contract. That's it. He's big and strong. But he's, th- he's a serviceable player on a, on a team-friendly contract. But that makes him a prime asset, the overused term, right. to move. And instead, you now right. have a log jam at the three with a uh, fucking Duke guy, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and it's wow. his stupid ass. And Jay Crowder's and one of those guys who thinks he's good Hayward's and should a- be playing. Well, Jay Crowder's going to slide to the four spot, right? Yeah, I mean, it depends. Because yeah, so Hayward's got to play the three. He can't play the four. He's, not, right. he's too, too small. So you're theoretically looking at your, your optimal lineup, your starting lineup, if you will, is probably going to be Horford, Crowder, Hayward. Smart and, and Isaiah. Isaiah. Marcus Smart's another player. I'm sorry. Like, I get everyone's like, oh, he's, like, you know, he's, a, he's a little bit of the spark plug type of guy. He's a, he's a hot dog. Like, you, you're not winning anything with that guy. No, he's, he's a good guy to have good, on your bench or like deep in. He's a good like, defender, like right. number five guy in your starting five. Yeah, exactly. Like he at least can guard the perimeter. Like they need somebody to guard the perimeter. <laughs> they don't have any of that. I mean, he's I like, think Jalen Brown's a pretty good defender. So that's he's, the, he's athletic as hell and he tries. You can't back up the Brinks truck for Isaiah Thomas because you got to start thinking about Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum's contract at some point. Assuming you actually yep. think they're building blocks. And, like, they presumably I, I, like both of them very, very much. See, I think if they would have gotten uh, Paul George, I think they would have done what you're watching Golden State do, which is just just spend money and go in the luxury tax and say, screw it. But I think since they missed out on that, it does make the Isaiah Thomas thing really curious. It's like, can, how can you really pay him when you're you're still not there yet? Isaiah Thomas is going to want the maximum amount of money He's turning twenty nine in February, and he's still five foot six. And he's still five. Feet, exactly. <laughs> Go with God, man. Like I, I want. We've said it all along. I want them to pay him. I want them to pay him. You know, whatever ungodly amount the max is. Like, do it. Clog up that cap. I don't but know. Jason I think has been killing it in yeah. summer league. And Angel's a smart dude. I don't know. Like he might. He's he's. I think he'd be okay pissing off the fan base for a year and then showing results a little bit later. He is the most beloved Celtic in a long time, but they don't—they really don't care about the players. They care about their team. Yeah, he's not Tom Brady, you know. If Tom Brady went home and went to go play for the Forty ers for the last year of his contract or something like that, they'd—they'd they'd all swear at him. They'd all say horrible things. Boston fans Absolutely. are That's horrible true. humans. They wouldn't give two shits about him. <laughs> Enjoy your trip this Saturday. Yeah, I can't wait. They call me Docky when I go over there. They're not racist, though. See, I have a, I, I have a great time when I go to Boston because I'm white. Exactly. 
proud of you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I remember it was um, not to be racist myself, but who was the black <laughs> who was the black guy that scored in Game Seven for the Capitals when um, it was Joel Ward, right? It was Game Seven. Joel Ward, yeah. It was Joel Ward who scored death uh, threats. Death threats. I mean the copious use of the n-word on twitter like he posted so many screenshots and it was all boston fans like you know big you know big euro guys or big irish former irish guys and big boston uh Bruins sweaters and they're all you know being like and n-word this and watermelon this and it's like oh my god like you're just living up to the stereotype yeah no it, it's that's bad yeah <laughs> can't wait um yeah, I, I don't know. The East is a—it's just such a joke. It's such a joke. Like, it's a two-horse race. Oh, let's talk about the Bulls. <laughs> Do you really? Speaking Do you really of want jokes, to talk about the Bulls. No, I'd rather talk about the Timberwolves actually because they're good. They're gonna so is that going to be your like team to watch this year? Say, like, they don't Bulls. have to be your favorite team, but like, like Oklahoma City used to be that like my team that I'm say, like, all right, I, I love. Yeah. It has to be the Timberwolves, right? This is the Thibs era Bulls. Like this is the Thibs era Bulls minus you know Rose and uh, better, Noah. right? And, yeah, I mean the Jamal Crawford signing is like icing. That is just icing on the cake. That was unbelievable. They needed unbelievable. it. Yes, they did, and it was like it's they needed it bad. But Thibs has no excuse now. That's the uh, that's the thing that comes out of this is there is no reason for Thibs to lose at this point. I still don't understand the Jeff Teague yeah, replacing I. Ricky Rubio for Jeff Teague. It just no, Rub- that Rubio one's... is an infinitely better defender, which you would think would be right in Tibbs' wheelhouse. But they that was a bad fit from day one. Those two. Yeah, but like from a basketball standpoint, I'm like, don't you kind of need a distributor to get your guys the ball, where they instead of just a hucker? I was going to say the people who brought up the the notion that. Okay, you got Teague, and that's some offense there, and you got Andrew Wiggins, who's a, who's a volume scorer, a bad, inefficient volume scorer. That's taken away from touches from Carl Anthony Towns, and I'm not sure necessarily that's a good thing. And Jimmy Butler. And Jimmy Butler. Sorry, you have Jimmy Butler there as well. Like those are right. that's touches you're right. taking away from Carl Anthony Towns, who, by all, for all intents and purposes, is one of the 13, 14 best players in the NBA. Yeah, don't you need a point guard that passes the ball? <laughs> Or sets the and table. And you had that. These, exactly. It's, yeah, it's, you had that and you gave that away. I just didn't understand. I do like with Taj and to a lesser extent, um, Jamal Crawford going there, that they're grown ups there now. And of course, Jimmy Butler. Like, I do like that fact. Like, I think that was one of the big things that was missing last year. Like, Ricky Rubio speaks Spanish, so they probably just didn't even listen to him. Yeah, they're but, like, what? White boy speaking a foreign language? Nope. Yeah, yeah, not going to do it. Right. They're like, I don't speak Agua, so not going to happen. But uh, I do like that there's some grown-ups there that'll help with the culture and the, you know, locker room stuff and the, you know, who not to DM on Instagram, and, like, those types of things. And getting behind Thibs. Like, that's the thing is Thibs needs a guy who will, like, still speak his, you know, you know yeah. all his m- motivational shit, like, without him around. Especially like, after, he needs a guy to back him up. Especially after Tibbs loses his voice 20 games into the season. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. And, like, he just needs people to say defend and rebound. Defend and rebound. Just defend and rebound. Because that's his, like, that's his MO. Yeah. Um, he would rather win the game 6-2 to two than, like, <laughs> 120 to 119. Absolutely. Like, that's a Tibbs game. <laughs> and he would berate them for, like, letting them score two in 48 minutes. 
Love that guy. Yeah, but he's got to win. He absolutely has to win. I kind of like the idea, jumping off Minnesota from the Ricky Rubio angle for a second, I kind of like what Utah did in terms of dumping Gordon Hayward. I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. Like, I like the whole quote-unquote Ewing theory idea that they're somewhat, they might actually be somewhat better now. They're still not going to score. But who the hell's going to score? They're right. going to have to, like, hope that they win games 82 to 79. I think they're kind of like a little bit of a... But crack, I think they could do that. A crackhead, you know, poor man's version of, like, San Antonio. You know, minus having a Tim Duncan or, you know, Tony Parker. Or, or a Kyle like Leonard. Good, or, or a good Kyle player. Leonard. Yeah. <laughs> they have Rudy Gobert. Say, That's Rudy it. Gobert. And then they have a bunch of other guys. They have they have guys. They have <laughs> they a lot, lot of guys. guys. They have Boris Jow and his espresso machine and everything. Yeah. Is he still there? I thought they were they were trying to dump him. I'm sure they are. Oh, they got that. They got Thabo Cephalosha now. Right. Oh, I was boy. Say, as if you need more defenders, you got you got <laughs> Thabo. It's like, like, are you kidding? They could have used some Bojangles chicken. Uh, Bojangles was so bad in the playoffs. God, like he was miserable. His best week was his first week here, and then after that, he was poo. Joe Johnson is in Utah, by the way. There, that's some offense there. Yeah, I think they're gonna. Are they? Did Dante Exum do anything last year? No, he's kind of like no. the guy that everyone's forgotten about. And I'm like, is it because he's legitimately because he's, forgettable, or is it because like we're just forgetting about him? Because he got hurt. Right. So it was, yeah. He, was his? I think his rookie year, he tore his ACL, and right. then. He kind of came back, and he just wasn't good, and George Hill was relatively healthy last season. Oh, George Hill missed a decent amount of games, but he was still pretty, pretty, way better. He was way better. Quick tangent. George Hill, he went to Sacramento, right? The yes. Kings, yep. Why? You drafted De'Aaron I don't Fox. Know. Exactly. I, I don't know what they're – like, they did, like, certain things – they got rid of Zeke, I like, and they don't have Rudy Gay anymore. Like they actually like got better by subtraction. I and they got like them. They got Zeebo. Randolph. Yeah. Oh, Zebo is going to be good there. I thought Zebo would have been good. Like some, I thought he would have gone to like the Spurs or some some contender that he would have fit like perfectly on. That was that was an odd signing. They gave him and George Hill a lot of money. Well, I that's like, why Zebo went there, right? I was going to say I liked the Zebo yeah. signing. I didn't like the George Hill signing at all. Like. I don't know if I, I think they can't figure it out. Like, do they want to be a young team and grow up? But then you sign George Hill and Zebo, and I'm like, if you and sign, Vince Carter and, and Vince right. Carter, but even and if Vince it was Car- if it was just Vince and Zebo, I'm like, okay, it's a little more depth in your front court, which for all intents and purposes has nothing in the front court right now. Like the starting lineup on paper has Tyreek Evans in the front court, like that's how bad it is. So I'm like, okay, you put a little bit there. You have grown ups in the room, if, assuming Zebo is grown up, that's fine. But then you put George Hill directly in front of De'Aaron Fox. Like, you want Fox to grow as much as possible, as fast as possible. That one I just, I can't get over. Like, I I didn't like it at all. Hey guys, it's Rajan. So if you're enjoying today's NBA podcast, please do me a favor and go check out a couple of other podcasts who are kind enough to sponsor this discussion we're having today. The first sponsor is called the Your Weekly Top 6 Podcast. With the goal of engendering discussion and discourse amongst the population, your weekly top six features strong-minded and bullheaded friends Michael Tochi and Adam Lees offering their top six choices on topics spanning the entire spectrum that is the experience of life. 
Listen as they berate each other and tackle, tackle topics ranging from guilty pleasures, convenience store candy, senior crushes, TV theme songs, and anything else in between, while inviting you to offer your own commentary. Their hope is that it serves to foster debate between you, your family, your friends, your colleagues, your estranged relatives, and even future enemies. You can find your weekly top six podcast on iTunes and the Google Play Store, so make sure you go check them out because you deserve a little more. And the second podcast I want you to go check out is called The Healthy Lifestyle Show. Visit www.healthylifestylepodcast and subscribe to The Healthy Lifestyle Podcast to learn more about creating a balanced diet that can boost your energy levels and improve your overall health. And now, back to the NBA podcast. Now, that that was like the worst place for George Hill to go. It, it didn't make sense. And But I think the other like counterpoint is, well, George Hill then becomes an asset that they could trade. I think George Hill becomes a buyout towards the end of the season. Or that too. Yeah, i i don't I don't think they'll put. George I think Hill George ahead Hill would have been a. I think he would have been a better fit in Minnesota. Wasn't that the original? No, no. The who was the original one? Where like, oh, that's a great fit. Oh, it was Kyle Lowry. Yeah, that didn't happen. Yeah, Kyle, Kyle Lowry was the other one that would have been to Minnesota. Great that would have just been phenomenal. And I hate Kyle oh, Lowry. The, yeah, that would have put them over the top. Yeah, yeah that would. But no. Toronto was able to pony up way too much money. Do you guys like what Toronto did, or do you like, eh? It's, they did the same thing the Wizards did. It's like, let's roll this shit back and pay everybody a lot of money and keep our hands tied for the next couple seasons. And Serge Ibaka is not worth money like that anymore. That was oh, a big a one. Bomb! Yeah. What happened yeah. to him? He, did the PEDs wear off? He doesn't have Westbrook and Durant to like overshadow how bad he is. I hate to keep going to go back to this, but like Sergi Bacca's from Africa, he could be forty-five years old now, and like he could have he could have hit that wall. Like it's we never know. We never know how old he is. Exactly. Like it's legitimate. Like I'm sorry, but it's true. Thon Maker's (laughs) fifty. Thon Maker legitimately could be twenty-eight. Like he could be our age. Nobody knows. Yeah. Um, Did you guys see the report back on Toronto where uh, I think it was it was. Carol, who when he got to New, New Jersey, he was like, "What's wrong with Toronto?" He's like, "Well, the backcourt does one thing, and everybody else does another thing." Sounds about right. He was basically like, "The coach preaches one thing, and the backcourt, specifically taking a shot at Lowry and DeRozan, does whatever the hell they want to." Yeah, that sounds about right. I'm like, "Yeah, I dig it." <laughs> I mean, but so what are they going to do? They're just going to roll it back again, and they're just going to get older and worser and. Whatever. They'll they'll have to get rid of Valanciunas at some point. That God, dude has been a bum. That's well, the, won't he be a free agent next year? Yeah, but I, I imagine he'll move at the trade deadline or something. Yeah. He's a turd that you just can't flush down. Like that was a, that was such an epically bad draft. It produced uh, the likes of Enos Cantor, Jan Vesely, and Valanciunas. And Kawhi Leonard fell to fifteen. Yep, Kawhi Leonard fell to fifteen. Valanciunas didn't the Wizards contract. pass him up? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's not like any of the three of us were talking about Kawhi Leonard at the time anyway. No one, and, none of us said that Kawhi Leonard would have been a good fit. Nobody in the D.C. area thought Kawhi Leonard would have been a great fit for a team that desperately needed a wing. No yeah. one thought Didn't that. Jimmy so by, Butler fall to like 30 that draft also? Or but Jimmy Butler was under the radar even coming into... Jimmy Butler point, was 30th in that draft. Going yeah. to Marquette. Yep. 
By the way, Valanchunas is under contract for two more years. His 2019 contract, $17.6 million, is a player option. I don't think he's passing that up. So, no chance. No, he, he's, he's there for a while. They just re-signed him last offseason. So, so that, that draft is pretty funny. So Kyrie, of course, number one overall pick was pretty good. Then after that, it gets really sketchy. Derek Williams, uh, Enos Cantor, Tristan Thompson, eh, Jonas Valanciunas, Jan Vesely, Bismack, Brandon Knight, Kemba Walker, Jimmer, then Clay Thompson. <laughs> Jimmer, I completely forgot yeah, about Jimmer. that, dude. <laughs> and then you had Alex Burke, the Morris Twins, and then finally Kawhi Leonard. Wow, what a terrible draft. And the Wizards uh, just so happened to take uh, Chris Singleton ahead of, you know, guys such as uh, Tobias Harris, Dante Monahunis, Nikolai uh, uh, Miritic, Reggie Jackson. Shit, Marshawn Brooks is better. We is took, Singleton even playing? I think like, he's and in then China. Jimmy Butler and Bojan. He's in China now? I think yeah. he's in China. Oh, yeah, he's in China. Yeah. Jeez. Andre Blatch is in, was he in Vietnam? They love him there? No, he's no, in China. He was in China. I was going to say he has that clause where he doesn't have to practice. This <laughs> 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 is the best thing I've ever read in my entire life. These mm. Eat tall, eat have... egg rolls, and don't practice. Right. To quote Eddie Lacy, he's just doing nothing but eat China food and not <laughs> practice. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the meme, but like when Eddie Lacy first signed with Green Bay, he was like, mm, I'm hungry. I'm going to get some China food. And like it was an ongoing thing. He's like, I'm going to get China food tonight. And like it was all the time on Twitter. <laughs> and like it was ongoing. So like Eddie Lacy is forever known for China food. And I'm like, yep, we could tell. You have clauses in your contract to lose 30 pounds. Stop eating the China food. Uh, but I digress. Um, Andre Blatch. That was uh, among the, all the shocking things. I can't remember who did that article. It's a genius article. But uh, the Andre Blatch contra- uh, on clause. The on the Nets. Yeah. And like what a shit show that organization was under Prokhorov. And under Billy King. Goes back to my theory once again that while Billy King was terrible, it's one of those things where the owner just makes an irrational demand and everyone has to cater to it and it ruins everything. And then the GM has to take the fall for it. I do, think yeah, the, I do think the Wizards suffer so from that like a little bit. It's like the Dan bit. Snyder effect. Yeah, it's not necessarily the owner running the show, per se. Like, I think the owner comes in and just says, I want this now. Do it. Like, that's like that's what, any that's typical every- CEO like at a startup will also do. Yeah. That, that's just pretty much corporate. You know, politics right there. The guy at the top wants something. The minions who get paid by him get it done. Right. But it's like you like it's and it's so frustrating both in the corporate world as well as like in the sports world where like, okay, like you, you know, in year one, you're like, all right, we have a three year plan, three year plan. And then 14 months into the three year plan, you shit can the three year plan. That frustrates the hell out of me, which is why I'm such a hinky stan. Because it's like you actually was stuck to the plan and had the assets to until they did. Except for the plan was far enough along. Yeah, and then you can hinky, and then you, you got to plant the seed. Then you grow the plant. Then you fuck the plant. Then you fuck the plant. Exactly. <laughs> oh man. Um. So, so hinky hinky planted the seed, and you know now Colangelo's are fucking the plant. Did you guys listen to the Simmons Mailbag podcast? No, I didn't get a chance. Nope. Okay. Um, 
I'm going to toot my own horn. I could end up being very, very wrong in three years from now. But he kind of goes on this like five or seven, five or seven minute segment where he's like, "Are we sure Markel Fultz is good? Like, are we sure that he's actually good?" It, he's just saying that because Boston traded his rights away. One hundred percent agree with you. One hundred percent agree with <laughs> That's you. Right? Bullshit. He's just trying to justify their trade. Yes, not gonna not gonna disagree with you. But although he does have a really good. Just if you guys get a chance to listen to it, I, I wanted to talk to you guys about his Monte Carlo idea or like his Monte Carlo team and its references to the 1992 Dream Team. But I don't want to spoil it, but I have my thoughts on that. Um, but when you guys get to it, maybe we'll talk about it on another podcast. Um, all right, we'll jump real quick because we can't talk about the offseason without talking about Paul George going to Oklahoma City. That deal coming out of nowhere amazing. on a Friday night, no less. Um. The Friday night before free agency even started. Right. And just totally coming out of nowhere. Props the same hanky for pulling off what basically nobody else could really do. Um, and now, of course, you have the odd couple of Paul George and Russell Westbrook, which is just going to be delightful. But, I think that'll so be isn't amazing. isn't that essentially the same thing as Durant and Westbrook? I don't think Paul George, I could be very well wrong about this, but I don't think Paul George is going to be quite as ball dominant. Yeah, I agree. And... Right. Uh, I, you know, all the reports were saying that they just wanted him out of the East, right? Like, that's why they turned down better offers. So Boston had better offers to them, and they, they took the... Oladipo's not good. Like, I, I just... No. I'm done with that guy. He's, he's not good. And then uh, Sabonis is... I had really high hopes. Like so, when they made the the Ibaka trade, I was like, "Wow!" And they get Sabonis out of this. I go, Sabonis could be better than Ibaka, and he looked terrible as his rookie year. I mean, the guy was completely and utterly lost. So I, I don't know what the hell they. How do you not get draft picks out of this? Uh, I, by at not, least by one not first. wanting Paul George in the East. <sighs> it's such a you didn't dumb, have dumb. to trade him that Friday. You could. This is why Kevin Pritchard was uh, was 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 booted out of what Portland. Yeah, I think it was his previous stop. Yeah, yeah. Part yeah. of me wonders if this is like going to be a weird experiment where Paul George and Westbrook see if they can work together, and then like both jump to the Lakers. This, yeah, they're, they're, this oh, I think all that's depend- very much a thing. Yeah, and yeah. this is all dependent on Westbrook not signing that supermax offer on the table. I, I definitely which is right there. If you ask me to wager $100 and how many dollars of that, I'm giving you probably at least a – there's a $10 scenario in there where Paul George and Russell Westbrook could do this again in L.A. next year. I definitely think that's on the table. I don't think it's the likeliest outcome, but I think it's on the table. I'm still putting more so than – So if you're Oklahoma City, why would you even flirt with that possibility, knowing that both those players want to end up in that location? Because you dumped Oladipo's contract. That's true. Yeah, they gave Oladipo an ext- they they gave him a big fat uh, extension last summer. I loved Oladipo, and that guy turned into be a crackhead Marcus Gil- Kid Gilchrist. Like, what the hell? I liked Oladipo, man. Oh was- yeah, we all liked him. The guy could uh, for a short guy because what is he like six four? I don't think he's that short, is he? I thought he was whatever, but I mean, the guy he was athletic as hell, good defender, just needed to develop a shot. Still hasn't developed a shot, and it wasn't even like it was completely broken, like Michael Kidd right. Gilchrist or something like that. Like you thought, like all right, this is fixable, like it, it's it's possible, but no, man. 
No, I mean, there's some thought that, like, well, he yeah. just never got to see the ball because, you know, Russell Westbrook and all that. But um, I, one of the things that kind of jumped out to me is, like, when Paul George was making those comments at the end of this, the Cleveland series and, like, I can't remember who took the game-winning shot and missed it or, like, the last shot of the game. And he was like, I should have been taking the, the last shot of the game. And I'm like, good luck with that in Oklahoma City. See how that's going to work <laughs> out for you. Yeah. Did you see like his last shot and he uh, against Cleveland the game four shot and it was a complete air ball like brick yeah. against the backboard. That's who you want taking the last shot, Paul George. That was your moment. That was the moment to get one win against LeBron and it was just a complete and utter like terrible shot. That's yeah. Westbrook is taking the last shot every single time. Absolutely. I do like the idea of like he's just so used to doing everything right now that you could put you know, uh, Paul George there, and I don't think it's going to change his, his way he approaches the game one bit, and he's like, oh, cool, it's just another guy I'm not going to pass it to. I mean, you got to have somebody to get the 10 assists, right? You yeah, have somebody that's true. To pass it to. Yeah, but he got that from bombs, so he's he'll get his assist. Don't Yeah, now he's going to go for like 15 maybe, right? Now he's going to really try for 15. Was he going to cut down his points by like two points per game? No, I think he'll just get the natural 15 because those bums also missed easy shots. Yeah, Russ ain't, Russ ain't reducing his stats. Let's, let's, not, <laughs> let's not, you know, get ahead it, of ourselves. It, even besides that, I mean, it's still, it still a brilliant trade for them. Good call on Oladipo, 6'4". Good call. Yeah. Shorty. But... There's no way that he signs a long-term deal in Oklahoma City. Like as much as like like Kevin Durant was like, "Oh, it's so great. There's such a great organization." It's like, "Yes, and you left there." Yeah. And Paul then George you want to ring do the same. Kevin Durant I, left, I think the, of course the ring was the primary thing. Like that was 85% of the equation, but the I, I don't think that the thing that's not getting enough play, I think is the off the court potential business opportunities that he's going to have being in Silicon Valley. Like, I don't think that can already has taken advantage of right. Or has already taken advantage of, I, I don't think it's going to, that's getting quite as much publicity as it should. Like there's so much money to be made off the court. Like, yeah, he's going to make his money. That's why he can defer four or 5 million or whatever that his cut was when he opted out and opt and then signed back on, you know, so they could re bring their core back. Um, cause but he still took less than he could have. He still could have taken more. I thought it was like five or I can't remember what it was. Um, I think I think he took he took twenty six mil. I think he could have realistically taken closer to thirty. Well, they gave the and, supermax to Steph, right? But he didn't. Him signing all he had to do to allow them to sign Iguodala and Livingston was wait and let his cap hold be the you know what what. Uh, what his number was. So him taking less money really just helped out, you know, Lake up in the tax bill. It didn't help the team sign players. So while we're there, we talked about this in the last podcast and we were saying that like, we don't have any problem with the fact that Durant signed with golden state, that he signed with an organization that knew what they're doing. This team just won what? 69 games last year, whatever it was. They won the title largely unchallenged. They are, have this many stars, and they somehow managed to go into this offseason and bring everybody back. And, and get Jordan Bell. And get Jordan Bell. And steal Jordan Bell from Chicago. Right? <laughs> and pay 700000 or whatever. The, no, they paid like for a few million to buy that pick, right? They paid, I think no, it was, no, it's less than that. 
Wasn't it seven? I thought it was like three mil. I think it was no, three no, no, for the for the pick, for the yeah, pick, for the pick. I think they paid three million because okay. that was the maximum it takes to buy a pick. So they doled out three million there to get Jordan Bell, and of course, I'm not even going to address the fact that they signed Nick the Brick, Nick Young, right? Nick Young is there, but Omri <laughs> that disgusts the hell out that of me. That works so Caspi well. Caspi was a better signing. Omri Caspi was a legit down low signing. That was an excellent signing. Like your bench might. Be slightly better. Yeah, I think their bench got better. Wait, so you don't um, think Cleveland signing Jose Calderon was a big deal? Jose Calderon, nope. good <laughs> lord almighty, that guy's... They <laughs> got Jeff Green. They're going to be just fine. Then they re-signed Corver. Oh, I hope that guy continues to know. The team got better and Jeff Green in the same sentence. You can never use it. Like, it's just never happened. Jeff is Green is like every single one person who can make Jeff Green like reasonable is going to be LeBron. That's that's this is where you have to like challenge LeBron. Everybody says he makes players better. This is this is his time to shine. <laughs> LeBron James ain't make Kevin Love better. Let's just put it that way. You can't fix Jeff Green. Jeff Green is like saying like, oh, I'm going to sign Jeff Green. He's like, oh, I want to get drunk tonight. I'm going to do off malt liquor. Like. That's Jeff Green. There's a lot of better ways you can accomplish your goal than Jeff Green. And then Kyle Korver for $23 million? Yeah, that was insane. And, and isn't he 37? 38? More importantly, did you watch him in the playoffs? Yeah, he doesn't show I know, up in the but he's playoffs. also old. He's not going to get better. He's just going to get worse and worse and worse and worse. He's that old? I didn't think he was today. that old. Really? But I don't know. I'm making crap up right now. He is kind of old. Of relativity, we should be speaking, but 36. Yeah, oh, no, he's 36. You know, he's like our 36. age. Yeah, he's born 81. 23 he's million. Me. 21 million dollar contract. It's still gross. I, he's I, gonna be. He's gonna be damn near 40 when that contract's up. I don't see LeBron saying. I, I just no, don't. I there's just no don't. way. They don't even have a GM because their owner is such a shit bag yeah their owner is a straight up he's a he's a he's a dan snyder so so jim jim uh what jim dolan's almost or just as bad that uh david wouldn't, griffin turned yeah, his ass down too. wouldn't give him any basketball decision making no basketball <laughs> good job david griffin for turning that terrible job down you oh, want to be goodness. the general manager who's not allowed to generally manage yeah. You just want to take come the, to, take the come to New York, come to DC, or go, go to Cleveland. You can have those positions. Oh, Crack. please go to the. You want to know what? I would take those jobs. Office. I would love to be a figurehead and get paid two million dollars a year. Make sports decisions. That'd be awesome. I, I like we crush rightfully so, but we crush Vivek and Vladi. Tell me how David. Uh, Dan Gilbert and Chauncey is that much better, or whoever Jim Dolan. Chauncey enough. already turned him down. Oh, that's a good. Chauncey, Chauncey Billups turned him down because it was the same thing. They wanted basically they're like, we're we're not going to pay you any money. We you, you know you don't have any experience. So they lowballed the shit out of him. They lowballed the hell out of him. He's like, um, yeah, I'm I'm good here on ESPN. I'll see you later, dude. <laughs> And if he's really that coveted, like an opportunity to open up elsewhere, that's in a more stable situation. Right. I don't think they're going to have a GM. 
they're they're just going to do the same garbage that the the Redskins have done, and they're either going to do some committee shenanigans or they're going to promote from within, and it's just they're just going to keep doing their stupid shenanigans, and LeBron's going to be gone. And then they're going to win with uh, J.R. Smith and his lack of shirt. <laughs> and Tristan Thompson. And Tristan Thompson. And then they're going to trade away uh, Kyrie Irving because he's going to be super pissed. I'm not going to crush them for Tristan Thompson. Tristan Thompson, we all knew, was the wink-wink, nudge-nudge. That was what we like to call the Martell Webster. You sign him first, and then I'll sign. That was Tristan Thompson. Yeah, that was. But we- even in like retrospect, it's not that bad of a deal now. You're paying Tristan it? It a- Thompson $16 million a year. I'm sorry, that's... Yeah, we're paying Jan Mahimi $16 million. Wouldn't you rather have Tristan Thompson? Ouch. So I'm saying, in retrospect, it's currently, in current market values, $16 million for Tristan Thompson is not bad. Yeah, I guess I'd rather have Tristan Thompson for $16 million than whatever they're paying Alan Crabb. Exactly. Yeah. Portland. Oh, my God. Portland. They, they did, they've done absolutely nothing this offseason. They have their... Way over the cap. I don't know what the hell they're going to do. They're they're stuck in no man's land, and the West just got better. Yeah, they're all just enjoying their legal weed at this point. I don't <laughs> think any of them give a shit. They're just, they're Probably just hanging out. No, they're just hanging out. They're like, oh, we got we got basketball players to pay, and you know, team to field. All right, maybe we can have like weed events in the in the stadium. They're not going to. Yeah, they're done. Yeah, they're cooked. Basically, it's a so is it a five team? Is it even five teams race in the NBA for the championship? Boston, no, Cleveland, it's a one team Golden race. State, Houston. <laughs> it's Golden State. I mean, Cleveland yeah. is going to be in that mix. I'm sorry, any team with LeBron will be in that mix. I don't think we can even put. Bo- I don't. It's still a two team race. I don't even think Boston is going to. They're going to get destroyed in a seven game series, like with no defense. Against the Cavs, you're just not going to win. But, I don't. I don't see how that's going to happen. Tell me if you take this Cavaliers team and you take this Golden State team, and assuming they could play a game tomorrow and they're all fully conditioned and ready to go, or they're not all going to tear their hamstrings from not from not having a training camp. Tell me it goes more than five games. No way. No, no way. chance. No. Cle- Cleveland's the second best team in the league, far and away. Oh, but are they? Who is? If Houston gets mellow, Maybe are Houston? they? Mellow's old and fat, man. Like I just, I, I get it. It's not mellow anymore. You're getting like thirty-five percent less mellow. You're getting, you're getting jello. Yeah, you're getting jello. Right? <laughs> There's a little more, a lot more jello than there is mellow. Like, exactly. but I don't know. Isn't I think he's like... gonna, he's gonna be motivated to play if he goes there. Like, he's gonna have so much to yeah. prove. He'll turn I mean, it up. Yeah, I think he's gonna at least One step it up season. for a season. Yeah, and you still have, even... you still have James Harden. Now you got Chris Paul. And then you still have shooters to surround them. It, 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 they can be interesting. And then Melo is going to realize in D'Antoni's offense, he's got to run. He's like, I ain't signed up for this shit. Like, he's got to realize in D'Antoni's offense, all he has to do is shoot threes all day long. And he's going to love it. Wow. He just has to get his conditioning up. That's the thing. That exactly. He needs to be able to run back and forth like it's nobody's business. I don't even think CP3 is going to play for D'Antoni. I think was that just was there one year overlap? I believe so. Um, I want to say D'Antoni's last year there was Carmelo's first year, and then because they went to the playoffs under Mike Woodson, right? And it just didn't it didn't work out terribly well. 
Pulling it up, 2011 was when he joined Mike D'Antoni. No, not Mark D'Antonio. Mike D'Antoni. Um, yep, 2011 and 2012, I believe it was. Yeah. Yeah. So they've they've already been through this charade. But I think now, like the offense is like, no way will it like go through mellow, right? Like I think all the roles have been established in in this particular thing. So Mello is actually what your third wheel, your third banana on this team, and that yes, would very that, much so. That would be like when you can say Carmelo Anthony's your third banana. That's that sounds like it's a pretty good team. Yeah, and Mello's pretty also good, right? the problem that like you can't play Ryan Anderson crunch time. Like Ryan Anderson's a good shooter, but that guy can't defend. That guy couldn't defend worth a shit. So like, not to say Mello is some you know. Not to say Mello's Kawhi Leonard, but like you know, he's better than Ryan Anderson and another player who can drill a shot in the clutch. That's actually Mello. Yeah, Mello just has to have like hope. Like he was baller in the U.S. tourneys because it's like, oh, I can actually win a medal, and I'm like around people who know how to play the game. It's like as soon as like he gets into this losing, as soon as he sees the writing on the wall, he's like, I'm done. Forget this stuff. But with yeah, these guys aren't gonna let that happen. Yeah, yeah, that is like a long ass time ago. But I still think he's got something in him. I don't want to send him to state with that much barbecue. I expect you know that (laughs) good things are gonna happen. Like Texas has some good ass food. Yeah, but Chris Paul will be up his ass. Yeah, Chris Paul will not let him. I was gonna say, I wonder if they're gonna be friends after this experiment is over. No. No, Chris Paul doesn't give a shit. No, he nope. does. He just wants to win. Yeah, well, he's still not going to win. <laughs> no, he won't. That's the sad part. Chris Paul's never going to win a ring. Oh, never. there's so many people in that. That's the sad part thing, though. Like, when you have, like, you know, the Jordan eras and the LeBron, like, taking rings from folks. You're just, you know. LeBron and now the Golden State era. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's... um. That's just how basketball is. There's no, there's and Duncan no and Kobe. Yeah, I mean, yeah. let's not forget Duncan has five rings. I mean, that's... I was going to say, Duncan and Kobe geez. are single-handedly responsible for D'Antoni not having a ring. <laughs> like, sorry, man. Um, so we talk just quick hitters or before we wrap up, uh, teams with, like, random off-seasons. We kind of talked about it. I do, I think Brooklyn had, like, a low-key nice off-season. Like, that was not bad. Angelo Russell was a very nice ad. Yeah, exactly. I think if that guy's got one last hope with a change of scenery, and then he's finished. But He needed yeah. a change of scenery so bad. As, as, as bad as anybody in the NBA, D'Angelo Russell needed a change of scenery. Um, I, yeah. Going back to the list, Second. Philly, Philly with uh, JJ Redick, that like took me by surprise. I would never have expected JJ Redick to end up there. I well, the, when you saw the dollar signs he got, then you're like, good job, JJ. Oh, oh yeah. for sure. Get so he's money. been also very highly coveted. He was definitely he's been like, pretty much underpaid his whole career. Yeah. So the fact that he could get one big, big fat paycheck for a team that could use his uh, his skill set, it totally made sense. Also, I don't – this is a thing going back to the Simmons podcast, but he was like, you know, well, Fultz is not a ball handler. I'm like, what do you think Ben Simmons is? Like, so I Ben think, Simmons said this week, he goes, I'm the point guard. Right. 
It's and a six ten point guard. I was going to say, I love the idea of like a six foot ten point guard and the versatility that presents. I love Joel Embiid. He's 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 the <laughs> modern day Dikembe Mutombo. It's like I can't understand anything you're actually saying, but I love like just how random and I, he is. And I bet it's hilarious. Whatever it's, he says, I bet it's hilarious. It's amazing, and I love and like. Like him coming out the other day and being like, fuck LeVar Ball. And I'm like, yes, you, yes, yes. you are our mouthpiece. Thank you. I don't yes, even want Philadelphia to be good. And I'm like, but I like this team. That's the thing that scares I me. It's Philly like, I like good. Philly. I don't want to be good as a Wizards fan. I'm like, right. God damn it. They're, they're going to be better than us soon. Very soon. Very soon. They're making the playoffs. They're guaranteed. I guarantee you they are one of the top eight teams in the West. I'm in the not East. betting against that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not betting yeah. against that. After one. what happened to the Pacers and like other shit shit shows, like yeah, yeah. So the three spots just opened up in the East. You can't tell me they can't fill one of them. The other team that's going to fill it is the Heat, and then there's a mystery of who gets the the other uh, seed there. You know who's but. not going to make that last seed in the playoffs? <laughs> the Bulls. Chicago. <laughs> Yay, let's trade our best player for an, a, an athletic guard who just tore his ACL. And, and and let's not forget that in his very first NBA game, Grant is not a real NBA game, they misspelled Laurie Markkinen's name on his jersey. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, spelling was never the Bulls' strong suit. I was going to say, this so let's, let's, like, you know. this organization that you need to know, that the one player you did end up with is a quote-unquote building block for the future. You already misspelled his name on his jersey. And you can't, like, get a draft pick out of that terrible trade no you just trade up seven spots to draft yeah, a they just did a Doug McDermott. how did doug mcdermott work out for us before oh it freaking didn't uh. i'm gonna look at chicago i'm gonna look at the knicks and i'm gonna keep saying one thing over and over and i feel like in five years we're just gonna keep slamming our head against the wall you passed on malik monk like you passed on malik monk he was there and you're like no nah, i'm good i'm gonna take the white guy no, I'm yeah. good. I'm going to take the French guy. Well, I like the French guy. I do like Telekina, but you passed on Malik Monk. I think I like Dallas's move taking, uh, was it Dennis Smith? Dennis yeah. Smith, yeah. yeah. He's, he's been balling in summer league, as he should, because you know, he, he's better than everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, I mean, that's a good sign for him, and they... They definitely needed uh, somebody at that position. I, I mean, thought that was a good pick. This is Summer League, though, right? Like, the Bulls won Summer League last year behind Denzel Valentine. So, right. I don't Denzel put Denzel much Valentine stock. Valentine was very good in the I don't regular. put any stock in this Summer League. I'm sorry. It's just complete garbage. You know who was Summer League MVP a couple of years ago? Glenn Rice Jr. <laughs> is he in the league was anymore? MVP. No. No, because yeah. he's a knucklehead. Yeah. It's like robbing people and starting fires. I don't know. Can't do that shit. <laughs> Just doing <laughs> inappropriate things. Him and Otto. Him and Otto had a great summer league, but uh, yeah, Glenn Rice Jr. was summer league MVP. Yeah, summer league doesn't mean crap. No, it means nothing. All right. On that note, I think I'm going to call it a day there. Although I would love to spend another 10 minutes making fun of Chicago, but it's just, that's just kicking to somebody while they're down. Like, it's just too easy. You know? Like, what the hell are they, we supposed to they do? They drafted like, the okay. one guy. Yeah, go, go. You're they, saying they it. drafted the one guy in the top 10 that I absolutely would not want on my team. Like, of all the guys drafted in the top 10, Markinen is like the one guy that I'm like, no, no, I don't. I don't he put up a 2010 in the summer league. To, oh, but it's the summer That's league. Kind of like, uh, damn. The it. other guy is Zach Collins. Zach I was going to say, Collins Zach Collins is my, I'm not touching him in the top 10. Like, how the fuck did in, he go in, in the Portland, top 10 was mine? And Portland took him 
instead of Monk. Yep. And okay, fine. They, you have a log jam in the backcourt. You don't want. Yeah, to you have Monk. Lillard. You can't. You can't. You take still Monk. take Monk. Absolutely, you can take Monk because you want to know what you need to trade you some. Gotta trade your somebody. salary cap's yeah. too damn high. I was gonna say there's also you know forwards and centers they could have taken like that's an area they could have. <laughs> They could have done, and they just t- t- took another athletic white guy. Like, okay, cool. Like, you love Yusuf Nurkic, and then you got another athletic white guy. And I know the theory for them is that they're going to try to play him at power forward, but it's like you're jamming a little bit of a square peg in a round hole, who, by the way, was the sixth man in college last year. Oof. Um, just, Oof. Like, congratulations, oh. you might have just gotten yourself Harrison Barnes. I was going to say Dion Waiters. Right. So, Dion Waiters was the sixth man on Syracuse. Dude, he was good on the Heat. Like he like found his his role on the Heat, though, man. But it should say a lot that the 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 uh, Heat were like, I'm not so sure we're ready to sign you quite yet. He That's got Pat paid, Riley but being he Pat really Riley. Didn't get paid. That's Pat Riley being smart. He was being smart because he's like, I want Hayward, and so I'll just leave this fish on the hook and kind of let it dangle out there for a little bit, and then they pulled him in. They like they like slightly overpaid for him, but he's still relatively cheap contract yeah i think but that's like what pat riley does he's like yeah you know this guy has a lot of you know you know questions around him so i can probably lowball him a little bit pat riley's so smart man oh so smart listen i ain't gonna i'm not gonna go that far right now because you gave kelly olenic all that money sorry man yeah oh my god why yeah i'm not about that you must have really, really enjoyed Game Seven of the semifinals because I, I don't see one it. damn good game his career. Yeah, sorry, man. Go with God in terms of Kelly Olynyk, that white trash bum. Go get your money. That's fine, but Riley, man, I, it's another contract. When I look back two years from now and be like, "What the hell was that?" Yeah, Riley will find some sucker to trade it to. There's a lot of suckers in the NBA. Especially All right. Yeah, <laughs> Carpax. Just bring him, bring him over. Hey, I think it, it isn't Olenek at least making less than uh, Jan Mahinmi. Who would you rather have? Oh yeah, <laughs> God, stop it. <laughs> that's that's just mean, man. That's just wrong. <laughs> and the worst part was they were so proud of themselves last summer. Like when they missed out on Horford, they're like, "It's okay, we didn't get Al Horford. We got, got Jan Mahinmi." <laughs> They're so freaking proud of themselves. Oh, my God. Yeah. Kelly Olynyk is going to make 4 to $5 million less per year than Yama Hinby. He's going to make $11 million next year. <laughs> hey, guys, you see that McAllen 21 we didn't get? Well, here's some red label. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's uh, that's uh, how that goes. Yep. Yeah. How some Dom Perignon eighty five? How about some Colt forty five? <laughs> Come on, man. Oh, Ernie Grunfeld. I'm gonna go cry myself to sleep now. All right. Thank you for everyone who's made it this far to the podcast. Uh, really appreciate it. Once again, if you have not done so, please subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us some feedback. We're also on SoundCloud. You can find links to both our iTunes link as well as the SoundCloud page on the friend on the uh, side of the Hill to the District page. Um, 
Join us again next time. I'd like to at some point transition into the NFL. I don't know if the NBA offseason is going to allow me to do so, but hopefully we'll have some football content up on there. A lot of good stuff on basketball content coming up as we wrap up the offseason. But until then, thank you for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to the Hail to the District podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts.